0: The journey to six consecutive wins for the Phoenix Suns was tumultuous tonight. There you go. That's a good word, right? Tumultuous. The Suns were down right off the bat against the Chicago Bulls. And we've played the Bulls before. It's a team that earlier this season played them in Chicago. The Suns won that game, 116-115, to 115 in overtime. In this game, the Suns are down by 23 points. But just like the Kings, almost a week ago, the sun slowly started chipping away, held the Bulls to a total of 47 second-half points while scoring themselves 66 and win 115 to 113. It was another Kevin Durant masterclass that led to this victory. And Matthew, I got to say, when we, when you watch games like this, the thing I have to remind our jamsters time and again, be thankful. Be thankful to have Kevin Wayne Durant on your team because the level of shot-making that he makes and the the big game hitters and the, and the shots that you need when the ball's in his hands and he's firing it up, it goes down,
1: man. Yeah, and then also you're playing with guys like Bradley Beal and Booker who are like, you're on fire. Give him the ball. Keep going. like Just like last game. I mean, Beal ended the game. Back-to-back-to-back to back to back, possessions. To get them the victory they found the hot hand obviously it was kd his game-winning shot i don't know how he made that one that was like a pop shot shot Yeah, <laughs> it, was just, it was like a errors. double hesitation yeah. just double hesitation it was insane but yeah it's good to have him but i love how just the other guys are okay with it they're like you take over i don't care like i know i'm cold and booker just kind of disappears but it's all right because KD's there to save the day
0: Yeah, and Booker doesn't necessarily disappear. We'll talk about this, obviously. He doesn't necessarily disappear. He just takes a step back. Because when you're next to somebody who's on a heater, when you're next to somebody who is the reigning Western Conference player of the week, you let him do his thing. In his post-game interview with Amanda fleur I always mess up her last name, and I don't even try anymore. Uh, You know, that's what he said. He's like, in the fourth quarter, it just felt like my teammates just kept feeding me the ball, so I just kept trying to do good things with it. And when you have somebody who is an elite scorer, one of the top 15 players of all time in this league, and he wants the ball, you get him the ball. We are far cry from just over a month ago, right? A month ago is Christmas pretty much, all right? And and when Jalen Brunson went for 50, right? I think it was the 15th of December. When Kevin Durant stated in his post-game press conference, it's like, you see how they kind of give him the ball? Man, he was feeling it. They just kept feeding him the ball. Tonight, he was feeling it. They kept getting him the ball. Kevin Durant wins the game for the Phoenix Suns, but he didn't do it alone. And we're going to talk about that much more on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. So whether you're joining us live or joining us later or listening at another time, we appreciate it. Best way to support the show? Show up. Listen. Watch. Hit the thumbs up button. Subscribe. Rate. Review. Give us five stars. All that fun stuff. That's the best way to support the show is, is simply by showing up, hanging out, and talking Phoenix Suns with both Matthew and myself. Couple housekeeping notes, if you will. A reminder if you want to get some of the flyest fits on planet orange, PhoenixFits.net, all with F's, no PH's, F E N I X F I T S.net. Use promo code SunsJam10, get $10, or 10%, or I'm sorry, off of your order. Uh, some really cool stuff that they have at PhoenixFits.net, and we appreciate them sponsoring the show. Outside of that, Matthew, uh, Brightside Night's in the past, so I don't have to sit there and, and pump up Brightside Nights. So I say I say we start this bad boy off, man. We got a lot to talk about
1: tonight. We haven't seen each other in like 3 games, man. I know it's actually kind of weird doing these pods at home. It's kind of nice. I like being at the games and stuff, but it's just nice to have your setup more comfortable yes. and better audio.
0: Yeah, it's better audio, and you know you don't have to drive home. Or you do have to drive home, like you did that one uh, after Brightside night against the Kings, and like <laughs> your, <laughs> yeah. your phone's in a bag or the whatever. The
1: fans went crazy for that. They want a repeat, so who knows? Might happen well, again.
0: Well, Jamsters, pop them if you got them. Suns win six in a row. Beat the Bulls. And Matthew, you're going to get plenty of
1: time at home, because the
0: Suns are going to go on a, re- a seven-game road trip. So uh, True. let's talk about this one over the blues. 115, 113. The Phoenix Suns take down the Chicago Bulls, sweep the season series against them. Now two and zero against the Bulls, and this is a tough team that you yeah, that you play. Whenever you go against a team that has players like Alex Caruso, uh, uh, the envy of all Suns fans, the guy who we all want but we know we can't get. You know, like other guys that like you go back previous seasons. Who were some of those other guys that we wanted? uh oh, but we uh... never we never got here let, let, let's just do this oi Maddie. mate i've got to ask do you who were some of the other guys that we once wanted like thaddeus
1: young that was <laughs> a, that that was a, one was one that, that uh... was a whole season a whole season <laughs> of just like man i wish we had thad young oh jeez uh who did i want i wanted um the the guy the the crackhead who who was he? Why can't I think of his name? The Clipper guy. What am I talking about? The defender. Well, I actually I wanted um I can't think of anybody's name right now. So you go while I collect my thoughts. I'm just trying to think who of a crackhead
0: want? from the Clippers. Uh, Blake Griffin. Like
1: <laughs> <laughs> you always wanted Blake no, Griffin. No, I I'm so bad at names. Well, let me ask. Let,
0: let me ask another question in the Matthew I've got to ask segment. Uh, how fucking fantastic! was this guy tonight. One, Kevin Wayne Durant. Who the heck are you? I'm
1: Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players ever played a
0: game. I mean, seriously, Matthew, how great was he tonight? Greatness.
1: Yeah, I mean, last game, what do you have, 40, 40 points, right? 40, Without a 40, free throw? 40 even, yeah. Yeah, so coming out again, back-to-back nice. It just shows the back-to-back the back shouldn't mess anybody up. It shouldn't be a thing where, hey, you're, I'm tired. That's the way the Suns looked early on, obviously, but it doesn't matter to KD because he loves the struggle, right? He loves the grind of the season, and he'll play back-to-backs every every day, right? He'd play a game every day if he had to. He doesn't care. He'll come out, lead this team to a victory, even when they're down, dude. And The Suns really, when they have guys like KD and Book and Beal on the team, they just need that spark from somebody to really get them back into it. And they have a guy like KD that can just finish them off. It must be so frustrating to really be a Bulls fan or any fan of the opposing team when you're watching a guy like KD because you can't stop him. I mean, even if I mean, Colby White tonight, he was incredible player, but like, there's a size issue there. But KD gets a shot over anybody. It's like. You're just like, what do we do? You're just sitting your own shit, and you just know it's over. As soon as KD was hitting like that, I'm like, this game's over. I don't really care where it's tied. The Suns are down by one or two with three seconds left. I'm like, Suns are going to pull this one out. I definitely believe that. And that's just a great place to be as a Suns fan, just to know that these, this team can pull these games out when it's going to be close. And you're playing against a pretty good defending team in the Bulls.
0: It's funny that you mentioned the size thing with Kobe White, because I was having this conversation with somebody at work the other day. And the conversation was about how I believe that Devin Booker has a finite ceiling as a player due to his size. He's six foot five. He's not incredibly long. And because of those things, he's never going to he's always going to have to work just a little harder to beat somebody off the dribble and get to the rim. A little harder, he's gonna jump have to jump, have to jump just a little higher to out jump the outstretched arm of a defender. And good, bad, or indifferent, that's the story of Devin Booker. He will always have a finite ceiling. Kevin Kevin Durant doesn't have that due to his size. He's seven feet tall, he's got a wingspan that's longer than a Volkswagen, and he can shoot over anybody. So, because of those physical attributes that he possesses. He already has a leg up on people, but we've seen that before, right? You know, Kade Bates Diop isn't seven foot, but he is long as hell, but he doesn't have the work ethic and the shot making ability that Kevin Durant does. And that's what makes Kevin Durant so special. And that's why I said at the front end of this podcast, uh, a public service announcement, a reminder, appreciate Kevin Durant on your team. Because nights like what we saw tonight and I might be wrong. And I know that the Jamsters who are watching along live and are on the YouTube or the switch switch Twitch or Facebook <laughs> or Twitter sphere. They can fact check me here, but I believe that 43 points is the highest amount of points. Kevin Durant's ever scored as a member of the Phoenix sun. This is a, I think 41 was the previous one because I was all ready for it last night. And then he didn't get it. So Going out tonight, as you mentioned, after scoring 43 points after scoring 40 last night, that's impressive for a 35 year old basketball player. That's impressive. You want to get back to back master classes from a Chris Paul, but due to his physical attributes, coupled with his unbelievable basketball mind, Kevin Durant performed. I mean, the last two games, he has 83 points, which is only 13 more points than Joel Embiid scored tonight, but still.
1: Yeah, Blaze Maker trying to say, yep, top score. So I the jamsters, right? So when I was driving to work today, a lot of fog. I don't know if you noticed, and I was like, "Is this just like leftover smoke from KD last night? Those nets still burning or what?" Because I was like, "That guy was on fire last night." But like you said, his age—it's always the thing we're going to bring up, right? And then, honestly, he looks good, bald or shaved head. I don't know if you. Yeah, really had I, that I like. I like this. he Has he?
0: He did when he first came to Phoenix. Okay, he got a nice I fresh like cut when he first came to Phoenix.
1: Yeah, so I mean, keep that up. Because it's the thing, you know, we all got going, the baldness. I love it, man. And can't stop the guy. You just can't. You can't stop him when he's on fire like this. I don't I don't know really who to thank. I guess I'll thank God for Kevin Durant <laughs> or um, uh, Matt Ishpia. One of the two. Maybe they're the same.
0: I don't know. Well, well and, and here's what's unique about tonight. Tonight, the Suns came out, and, and they got boat raced right out of the bat. the The Bulls couldn't miss anything. That first quarter alone, the Bulls go 7 of 14 from beyond the arc. Obviously, that's 50% for those of you who are my arithmetic magicians (laughs) in the chat. They're 15 of 23 from the field. They're 65.2% in the first quarter. The Suns, conversely, 45.5%, a decent quarter, but they're only 1 of 7 from beyond the arc. They trail 37 to 22 after the first quarter. Kevin Durant that first quarter, 2 for 6, 0 of 3 from beyond the arc. The second quarter, Kevin Durant two of seven, o of three from beyond the arc. So the first half alone, Kevin Durant's four of thirteen. He's o of six from deep. He's got thirteen points. And I don't, I don't know about you, Matthew, but it, no way. It, there was nothing inside of me that said, "Well, take the ball out of Katie's hands." He just doesn't have it tonight. That does happen with Beale. That definitely happens with Booker. Where there's certain nights where his shot is off. And I'm like, okay, somebody else has got to try to get going because this is just an off night for Booker. Did you feel at any point that Kevin Durant should stop shooting?
1: No, not at all. Not at all. And even the previous two games of him getting 40 last game, he was just like a, a great defender. Most of the games like he basically was just kind of just zoning in on defense. Right. He wasn't. I don't even know if he broke like 20 points for two games in a row. Was that correct? I know he had like 18-1 game, but his defense was yeah, it was, was just it, so it, stellar. Well, that's
0: what it was. Is you, you know Bradley Beal Devin Booker scored what fifty two exactly? So yeah, so he's he gonna do his focus. other part. Yeah, yeah he's he's like you got the offense, cool. I'll focus on the defense.
1: Yeah, it's not like Zach Levine over you know over there just pouting because they're not winning games, and he's a superstar and stuff. You know he's gonna do the other little things that you know we expect the other bench guys to do that haven't really done. So he has to fill those shoes. Just to get the Suns on their six-game win streak and just keep it going.
0: Kev him Durant. Somebody just uh, commented on that. and I think that's pretty funny. Kev him. Kev him Durant. Gosh,
1: how do we not think of this? Uh, I never think of. I hate seeing something like. How do we but, not think of this? That, so easy. That's
0: what that's what the Jamsters are here for. The second half of Kevin Durant is again. I mentioned four of thirteen in the first half for thirteen points. Second half, he sees a three-pointer go in. And the floodgates just open. 12 of 19 in the second half, six of nine from beyond the arc and has those 30 points ends the night, 16 to 32, six of 15 from beyond the arc, eight assists, six rebounds, two blocks, one steal, 43 points, one turnover, Matthew, one turnover from Kevin Durant. So obviously we spent the front end of this pod talking about him as well. We should. That was an absolute master class. And then, of course, he hits the big three that gives the Suns a two-point lead. DeMar DeRozan goes down, does what he does, goes right at Grayson Allen, puts a little floater over him, so it's a tie game. And as you mentioned, the ball comes into Kevin Durant's hands. He goes left. He jumps. I think it was like a 17-footer, maybe a 16-footer. Has a double clutch in the air because Patrick Williams and Alex Caruso are guarding him and just buckets. And you knew it was going in. You knew it was going in.
1: Yeah, it's I'm serious. Like, you know, those games I used to talk about, do your laundry because the suns are up by 2025. Yeah. These type of games, when they come back, you're like worried about hey, maybe they don't have enough juice to finish it off. They just they have it. They have it because there's other guys that help them get back into it. And you have those three guys, one of them's gonna figure it out and they're gonna end the game. Defensively, there's just a little bit more cleanup to do, but the way this offense is just on fire and like even the kings game makes sense you came back against the kings the bulls i was like there's no way cuz the bulls defense and the way they were just owning the suns offensively cutting and everything like there was no way i can see the sun stopping them but they keep finding ways man so it's like another level they just went up to tonight
0: and and here's the thing that you guys talked about last night with suns geek the bench has been an issue for the phoenix suns of late but yeah who got the big, the big rebound, the offensive rebound that led to the K- the Kevin Durant three pointer to give them a two point lead with under a minute? Who changed the tide of this game by getting into it with Andre Drummond? Yes, it was Drew Eubanks.
1: Big Crank Eubanks.
0: Crank that song now. What? Crank that song now. What? Crank that song now. What? Crank that song now.
1: What? Twelve second drop, baby. Uh because when i was watching it like i didn't have the volume on that time so i'm like wait i forgot how long this one was
0: (laughs) we got we got to do one drop that's like three minutes long
1: yeah just combine (laughs) them all (laughs)
0: all. the (laughs) drop it's just all the players uh but drew eubanks and i I can't tell you the last time and again i'm gonna rely on the chat here tell me the last time somebody off the bench had double figures because that was drew eubanks tonight 10 points in 22 minutes played, 4 4 from the field, had eight rebounds. So he went for 10 and eight and four assists in his 22 minutes played, led the team with a plus 19 relative to plus minus. And again, he's the one who changed the tide. He's the one who got into it in the third quarter with Andre Drummond. Right now, the, the play before Kobe White goes up for a rebound. You know, he kind of of undercuts Drew Eubanks. Drew Eubanks comes down and kind of gives it just a slight shove. And then Kobe White just turns around and and flails at him. And Mark Davis calls a technical foul on Drew Eubanks. And then the next time, Drew Eubanks does foul, clears day, a hard foul on Andre Drummond because the guy's like a 54% free throw shooter. Why not? But that little exchange, that emotional exchange that occurred, Changed the tide. The Suns all of a sudden started locking up the the Bulls on defense at the second half of the third quarter and then took
1: it home in the fourth. Yeah, and Eddie Yee does say, if I can click on it right, Eric Gordon versus the Kings last Sounds time. But, yeah, right. I mean, that makes sense. But you're looking for other guys, too. Last time, Eubanks did it was 12-17. So, what is that, December 17th? That is correct. Oh, that's a over, long time Over ago. a month ago. Yikes. Uh, we expected more. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the way – I don't know what Andre Drummond was doing. And I think it was um, – Someone posted on Twitter and I always forget who it was, but he posted, you know, the back down thing with the Lakers. Remember the back down? And then the Suns basically won every single game after that against the Lakers, even including the regular season. Um, He did it again tonight. Thank you. I love these centers that come in and just get us back into the game. I mean, uh, Hayes is one of them, Jackson Hayes, the Kings game. Who was the big? It was uh, freaking Who, who was, oh, it was Alex Lynn. He came yeah. in, had some really bad fouls.
0: Yeah, he had like two moving screens back to yes. back. They were huge plays. In. And exactly. then Drummond's just
1: like, and when that happened where there was like that technical, even Kobe White was getting in his face. I'm like, what is going on? Like, leave Eubanks alone. He's not doing anything. That wasn't even a hard foul. And I think Drummond just wanted something to do. He's just bored. He wanted to beef with somebody. But that's the wrong thing to do. because got. funny how like, he
0: slipped though, right?
1: He did. He tried to like push him and he slipped. It's yeah, <laughs> <slipped laughs> like... <is> embarrassing, man. <laughs> They're watching that right now, I'm sure, in the locker room, laughing. The, the Bulls and the Suns, both the teams. But I, I think that uh it's such a dumb thing to do. If I was a Bulls team, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, we have this game. You I know you're not picking on KD or Booker to get them like back into the game, but Eubanks, and it's like two dunks back to back. It's like you're yes, basically I, feeling I that, that. that big three. Something's gonna happen. You could feel it, and it just got the crowd back into it. And Grayson and Allen talked about two against after the sacramento kings game he talked about i just wish the crowd was more into it you know because we really feed off of that but all they need is just that little like back-to-back those back-to-back dunks just that scuffle for the crowd to get into it like that's That's all we need from these bench guys just you to come in hit two back-to-back threes like just give us something to get back into it so that's this is perfect we don't need the 20 point game 15 rebounds just get us something to get these big three like going and the crowd back into it because that's always a big thing well, last night, I mean, what was the final total for the
0: Suns bench? It was like nine points, and it was a win, yes. and because the big three carried them to victory, and that's what you expect. But to your point, you're going to have these shoulder periods of the game where if the fan favorite who comes in off the bench, especially at home, performs well, it continues that momentum, and that's what happened. Is the Suns in that third quarter? Uh, they came out and they played well, and they were they were chipping into that lead again, down twenty three. They, they were chipping into that lead and it was a guy coming off the bench who started some shit and, and didn't even start shit. The refs started shit with him and then he went down and yeah. dunked on him. And then it was like technical foul, <laughs> you know, and then he went down and dunked on him again. And that's what gets that energy up. And that's what Grayson Allen was talking about uh, after the Kings game. He's like, you know, it'd just be nice if we felt a little bit more support from the fans during when time, when the, when times aren't going well, well, part of the things that, that, garner that support especially for the casual fans who are in the arena and who can afford those ridiculous ticket prices uh is the play of the people coming off the bench and and people like drew eubanks was absolutely paramount to the success of the team tonight they needed to have somebody coming off the bench and provide the spark so you don't have the whole arena kind of fading away and on nights where not everybody has it it's good to see somebody have it. And it's been a while, as you mentioned, it's been a while since Drew Drew Eubanks has had it. Uh, and it's just, it's it's satisfying to see him come out and, and to be second mentioned on the Suns Jam Session podcast. If he's watching the
1: locker room, yeah, you're second mentioned on the podcast,
0: Big Crank Eubanks. Yeah.
1: After the last pod where I'm like, he's just so god off. You know, as I'm saying that, I just feel bad. Like, I, I really do because, like, they're downstairs doing press conferences and stuff. and I'm just upstairs like, this guy sucks or whatever. It's so <laughs> still so lame. Like, what the I hell am you. I doing, dude? I'm just waiting for, like, out of the corner of my eye, just, like, some big dude just, like, shadowing over me and just, like, I heard what you're saying. Just beat the shit out of me. I need it. <laughs> so go ahead. Well, another thing that's,
0: yeah, he's like, um, I'm I'm Stu Eubanks, his twin brother, <laughs> yes, and I'm allowed <laughs> to beat on. the shit out of you. So, yeah. mm. like, go ahead, dude. Um, a, a couple of things hard. with this game that were interesting. You know, Suns Geek was mentioned on the podcast yesterday that this had the potential to be a trap game. You played against a team like the Indiana Pacers. Right. And the Pacers are a good team in the Eastern Conference and they're a team that plays with pace. They play and go figure, right? The Pacers play with pace. They play with the second highest pace in the NBA. And some of the Suns mentioned it in the postgame pressers yesterday, how playing against the Kings last week, prepared them for the Pacers this week because they both play with a frenetic pace. And, you know, get ready on Friday, my, my fellow Suns fans. Uh, because we're playing the Pacers in Indiana, and that pace is going to come back into play. And it's hard to play against a team like that that hustles and is is nonstop coming at you. Their bench is the the best bench in the NBA. It's hard to play against that, and then the following night you have to play another team because your legs are just gone. And I'm impressed with how Phoenix responded to that. Now, well, I'll let you. How are you impressed with how they responded, considering they had to play? such a tough game yesterday uh and both are
1: victories um i'm impressed only because like i said earlier it's like another level they went up because it wasn't really expected i honestly thought the way this, this game was going like the king's game i guess i was like this team doesn't have it but with the king's game you just knew that they were gonna lose right watching that game sitting there for three and a half quarters you're just like it's over and then they turn it on. You're like, wait, what's going on? This offense is hitting on all cylinders. But then it's like, and this game against the Bulls, it's like, well, they got to play defense and they actually have to outscore a pretty good contending team. I just didn't think they had it in them. And the fact that they did, it just really shows that this team is still really growing. And I know that Frank Vogel said a couple, it was after the Sacramento Kings game. I keep doing that. I'm like, after a couple of games ago, this all these press conferences are after the Kings game. He said, it's like, it's nice to win these games while you're still growing and yes. you know, pulling these games off. You're like, Oh, well they beat this team without this guy. Like we beat the Pacers without Halburn. It's like, yeah, but the Suns are still growing and they're pulling off these miraculous comebacks and then beating a team, in the Pacers, like you said, with a really good bench. And they're just one of the best offensive teams. So it is an accomplishment. Um, I just, I don't know what else is next though. Like, do they have to be down by 40? Now we just oh. know never to turn the game off and go to sleep. Well, that's the so. key.
0: That's the key. Uh, this team is always in it when this team's playing the way that they can be. The Bulls, thankfully, play with the worst or slowest pace in the NBA. And that's what it kind of benefited the Suns. They have, I think, the 25th worst bench in the NBA, so I they're not twenty seventh, right? Yeah, t- yeah. I think the Suns are twenty fifth. They're twenty seventh. Oh they, my bad. Yeah, yeah. They, they score twenty nine points. Okay, uh, and, and some of those players like Alex Caruso are starting because players like Zach Levine are currently injured. So. That is one thing that was playing in the Suns' favor. But again, the way that the Bulls came out and were engaging, the Bulls are playing very well. They just smoked Memphis. Now, granted, Memphis is a shell of itself. But this is a team that enters 21 and 23, but having won, I think, five of the last seven games. They're starting to find themselves kind of ironically and Ewing theory-esque when Zach Levine gets injured. They start playing well. But the Suns outlasted them tonight and you know again for some of the reasons that we mentioned uh because of Kevin Durant because of the way that Drew Eubanks changed the tide um and there's obviously some other aspects of this game that were that were highly uh engaging and here's one that I that I I kind of I was kind of shocked as the game went on that I was like hey this is working
1: (laughs) hey Joe
0: it's like the duality of joshikogi is so tough right like the beginning of the game he comes in and the officials weren't calling anything to start right it was it was a physical game right off the bat and that's what happens when you play the Bulls. This is a physical team. And that's why the Suns have had challenges with them in the two games that they've played. The Suns have played the Bulls twice and won both games by a total of three points. That's because of the physical manner in which they played. DeMar DeRozan, physical. Uh, Alex Caruso, physical. Vucevic, Physical. And they get away with a lot of kind of hand-checking and things of that nature. And nothing was being called early. They sub Josh in, and instantly he just gets hit with a foul. I'm like, here we go. And then you look at his final stat line, and you're like, okay, he played 14 minutes. He was one of three from the field. He had four points, uh, had three rebounds, wasn't anything impressive. But in the second half, he had a, he had like a five-minute stretch there where his defense, I feel like, on Caruso uh, and a little bit on White, because no one was stopping White tonight, but his defense on Caruso, I feel like, really helped change the tide. Now, Caruso got hit with his fourth foul, got taken out with about six minutes, I want to say, left in the third, didn't return until the fourth quarter. In that fourth quarter, that's when you have uh, Josh Kogi play all of his second half minutes, and he's kind of designated to guard Caruso. And I think it was a smart move by frank vogel in that moment rather than going with some of those other lineups that he has in the past he goes you know what let's put josh akogi out there so he can lock up caruso because caruso he he was on one in this game he came out was it was hitting three pointers through three quarters uh he had 15 points he was five of nine from beyond the arc you know that fourth quarter 11 minutes played he was 0 of two from the field had zero points and part of that's because of akogi and that's where As Suns fans, as people who watch every game, that's the duality of the Kogi, right? Like, man, he's a fucking zero on offense sometimes. But, man, he has these stretches defensively, and he had a steal in there in that, you know, he has these stretches defensively where you're like, fuck, I'm glad he's out there because he's taken away an aspect of the opposing offense that's been hurting us in this game.
1: Yeah. Uh, Saul Soto says... uh... We'd love to have, would love to see Caruso. Oh, no, gun. shit. when not we all? Yeah, but we have kind of like the Walmart version of him right now. in Nokogi, I, I think he is. I mean, you want he him is, so but badly like,
0: to on be, defense, but like on offense, yeah. like Caruso shooting 42. I know, I know. Well, that's what I'm talking about
1: defending. Like, it's just like there's no one that we have on the team, obviously, and guard wise, that can really shut down anybody. But then I don't even know if it's a thing in the NBA anymore. Um, there's a few guys, obviously, Caruso's maybe one of them, but. The way that kogi played tonight, in a few instances, that's what I was saying earlier. It's just like little sparks here or there. Even in the fourth quarter, I was like, I was like, oh, he's in. I'm like, oh, actually, it's not too bad. I'm like, I can deal with this. So that's good. <laughs> that that's the only thing. Like, that's what I have in my notes. Like, actually, he's not doing too bad. Bring the ball up. Eh, I kind of trust him right now. So it's always hit or miss with that guy, dude. It's it's a freaking pendulum. It's a lot dude. of min- I just- on offense
0: it's a lot of hit on defense
1: yeah it's a it's a struggle to watch him at times but I do drive to work and I do drive to the games and I'm like I'll never give up on Kogi I do think about that I'm just like I'll never give up on that dude I never want him gone because I just I want to be the only the left the only guy left that believes in the guy on on a Kogi island yeah supposedly but that's so lame because he's not that good right now (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, Offensively, you know I mean? no, but again, that's the yeah, reality but- right? Offensively, no, but he has these periods where he can bit. lock somebody up and it's impressive. And he's you know, he's not like I talked about the fuck shit up guy fraternity, and at the end of the day, like you watch a team like the Bulls and you realize that no one on the Suns is a fuck shit up guy. Like, who on the Suns is really a fuck shit up guy? Caruso is he's the definition of, whereas Okogi like can do it from time to time, but he has no consistency to it. Grayson Allen, even though like our drop is he's our fuck shit up guy, he he's really not. Uh he just fuck shit up offensively, but defensively not really. So it's it's uh it's just the duality of a Kogi. You know, just it, I have no other way to explain it. That's why I've said it three different times. <laughs> you know what I mean? know
1: we're always lost with this dude. It's the hardest thing to talk about, man. It's like harder than talking about i think someone said in the i hope that kevin durant impregnates my wife it's harder to <laughs> talk about i think okogi than that happening in marriage counseling
0: i would love so. to talk about that like that's <laughs> something i can actually sit and talk about and justify but uh well let's talk beal and she said you're not the only one but you the best bradley boom, boom. bradley beal tonight 38 minutes played was seven of 17 from the field including two of four from beyond the arc he had 18 points Five assists, four rebounds. He too only had one turnover. A good game from a co or a cogi. Oh Jesus! A good game <laughs> oh, no. from Beal. Uh, a really solid fourth quarter. He played the entire fourth quarter, and I kind of I kind of like this strategy. And it's something that I'm 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 going to pay attention to when it comes to the way that Frank Vogel does his rotations. He plays Booker for the entire first. He plays Beal for the entire fourth. So you always have one of those elite guards out there. In that fourth quarter, he was 3-8 from the field, 1-3 of from beyond the arc, but like every shot in the fourth when you're trying to come back, uh, a big three. Had seven points, uh, a couple assists, a couple rebounds, and was a big part of that comeback because those were the plays where Kevin Durant could catch his breath a little bit because he knew he had to go seven for nine in the fourth quarter for 17 points to win the game for the Suns.
1: Yeah, I like the energy he brings, just like on a comedic level with this team. I think still, even when we're winning these games and he's closing it out, like last game, he just brings that kind of comedy side, and he still has it constantly. It's just so nice to see once in a while from a Suns player. What that's my favorite part about Beal right now, other than he's just really dominant in a lot of instances on the court. Beal is lucky to be a son. I'm sure he's happy to be here, right? Well, he's got um, no trade he, clause, so... He, yeah, I know. He's still he's still a guy where I'm just like a little worried sometimes about him not getting as much volume. I know because I'm he okay even said it. like, "Huh?"
0: I'm okay with it. you. Like, I know but him. I don't that... know.
1: I think he's okay, but I just think about it sometimes with that. Guy. Are
0: are are you? Do you think that? Are you worried that Bradley Beal not getting volume could equate to unhappiness? Is that what you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. yeah,
1: because I mean, him coming to Phoenix, it was a tough decision. I think maybe more of it was just moving here, but also like you're playing it with other two, two stars and you don't realize how hard it is for these guys to really give the ball up. I forget who I was watching. Of course I did on the JJ Reddick podcast. <laughs> and they were talking about uh, the player who's he's an all-star. I forget who it was. He's talking about coming to a team and just always wanting the ball. And he's like, I've been used to it my whole life and it was a struggle playing with this player. And it's still a thing. It's just because when you sit back and watch like, Oh, you guys can figure it out. Right. But that's a thing to be center of attention. Like that's the reason I feel like Hal Burton didn't come here because we had Chris Paul, right? So he wants the ball and he knows books here, but he wants to be the center of attention. So that is a thing. And it still like lives in me a little bit with Beal, but I think he's fine. I'm just saying like, I hope it doesn't become a thing.
0: I can understand that psyche. I honestly believe considering that he had a no trade clause that Brad Beal wanted to not be the guy. I think he wanted to be a complimentary guy. I mean, he's what, 31 years old, I believe. Somebody who's done it in the NBA. He knows what it feels like to try to be the alpha, the guy trying to carry your team. And he hasn't been successful at it. And he's had some decent players next to him in Washington. Now, overall roster construction has been poor. But he's he's had elite John Wall when John Wall was John Wall. He had a great Westbrook season next to him. Uh, But I think that... He's okay taking a backseat, and I think games like this, when he has an opportunity to come up and hit a big shot, that's what he, le- he that's what he lives for. And knowing that Booker and Durant are kind of the alphas, and he can cook at times, I think it, from a psyche standpoint, I think he's one hundred percent okay with it. Okay, and I don't think that, and and again, you know, that's just what I I think, just based on coming kind of. Uh the conversations I have with him in the locker room after the game. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that's yeah. That's, that's, that's you I'm... guys are close now. Yeah. 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 Beel voida <laughs> just hanging out.
1: <laughs> Wonder what club you'd go to with him. Like it would just be insane.
0: Oh, we'd go to uh what is we, it? You won't
1: even it, tell me where you go.
0: No, we'd go to Jimmy John's and order a beach club sandwich, is what we would do because that thing is fucking <laughs> delicious. Uh tsh, what else did I have in my notes? Uh what does it take, foul? I had that in my notes.
1: I what know, is a take foul? i know man it's insane like it was a take foul but it's not a take foul so just fuck it i don't care anymore man i mean the the amount of time they they waste on reviews and stuff is just it's that's a pain and then they would review that too so i don't understand it
0: so obviously for those of you who didn't watch the game there was an early in the game steal by devin booker he starts to take off and demar DeRozan fouls him Stopping a fast break. The whole point of a take foul is to negate a fast break, right? That's what we've watched for years, and we were so excited when the NBA stated, you know what we're instituting? You will not be able to stop the fast break. Because what's the fast break? The fast break is the most exciting and leads to the most exciting plays in basketball. The most memeable, the most shared moments are those high-flying alley-oop dunks where somebody throws it from half court, right? And in the past... You've been penalized if uh, if you're the offensive team because a team could just foul you and you'd have to side out and then it allows them an opportunity to get their set defense and you just, you just miss out on the excitement. So they instituted this rule that's supposed to negate that. But they never call it correct. <laughs> I swear. Devin Booker has had like 18 fast break opportunities that he's been fouled and they don't call the take foul. And you know, because like they'll do it in Devin Booker, you know, the take foul sign is you put your arms out side to side. Yeah. And yeah. you make fists with them. And it looks like you're 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 holding police flares and you're trying to guide in a a plane at the end of Die Hard 2. But no, it's just the take foul sign. And time and again, it doesn't happen. And it's like between that and the flopping technical foul, I feel like those are two things that the NBA said to everybody out there. Like, hey, this is what we're going to do to improve the game and negate shittiness. And they don't get called nearly as often as they should. I see flops. All the time, not so much in Suns games. Uh, but whenever I watch other basketball, what was I watching the other day? I was watching the was it the Bulls in Toronto, I was watching something else, and uh guys are flopping all over the place. I'm like, where's the technical fouls? So yeah, I'm not seeing today. as
1: I'm not seeing as many flops, but that would be a harder one to call than the take foul. Take fouls, easy. That was a take foul. Just call it. That's all it is. Uh Booker might miss the free throw, but it's <laughs> yeah, a take no foul, shit. dude. <laughs> Jeez. God, when he's struggling, dude, it's Whoa. bad. It's like he goes from Kobe to like Josh Akogi. <laughs> <laughs> like, just well, like that. It, it,
0: all right. Speaking of a Kogi, one thing we didn't mention: how that was that not a flagrant foul when he pumped fake got Kobe White up oh, in the air, goes God, up, and Kobe White. Dude. The 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 definition of a flagrant foul is that there's a wind up and then a hit, right? If you're performing a basketball move, yes. But when you're coming down with two hands and you hit the guy in the head and then you follow through with it, it's one thing to like hit. It's another thing to like follow through on the hit. Like they didn't even review that. And I'll talk about it here momentarily. Well, I won't talk about it because I didn't snip any of them. But like the subreddit for the Chicago Bulls, there was like eight comments like, well, that's a flagrant. Like they all expected a flagrant to be coming and they didn't even review it that yeah because it was Mark davis man how not even care about player safety
1: and it was after all that was going on with eubanks and there was so many so much stoppage and then eubanks got the technical foul on that one little shove and he was <laughs> even beautiful. like uh, it was like this dude yeah, and kobe, kobe white snap back he, at him yeah he turned around and was like oh it's eubanks the most usually <laughs> i don't want to go there he was right, awesome
0: so, tonight so here's another question i have for you i'm just i wrote down all these questions Did it feel like every time the Suns made a three early in the game, Billy Donovan would call a timeout like the Suns were were down 17 points. Not good. We'd finally hit a three. Yeah, right. Because you got to remember, through the the first three quarters of this game, uh, the Phoenix Suns pulling it up, pulling it up for uh, they were nine of 23 from beyond the arc. So they had only hit nine in the fourth quarter. They were five of 11. Yeah. but it felt like, yeah, great
1: timeouts. I was like, Matthew's probably just loving these timeouts by Billy Donovan. Yeah, good timeouts, but it's so funny because you're like, why is he doing it? But then I realized I'm like, because these guys get hot. When Grayson Allen, I think it was the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, he hit a three, cut it down to 20. And it was like, they just came out of a timeout, basically. And he called another timeout. And it's just like, Grayson I was like, what the hell, man? Like, we just started playing again. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it makes sense because this is how – threatening the Suns are you just you're just like damn it here it comes fuck there's one three you're like i don't know what's gonna happen now like as a coach you're like how do we stop this you just you can't like that that, this is a thing now where it's like coaches would be like all right well there's two threes in a row this game's over we lost no way to stop them
0: yeah and but but we (laughs) stopped them it was great all right one more one more random question before i do the subreddit stakeout oh i got two more things um gosh let's see what should i ask what should i ask um well i'll start with the okay sabin lee we saw sabin lee sighting tonight we don't have a drop for him because he doesn't play enough six minutes from sabin lee he had two points he had two rebounds he had an assist did have one turnover matthew this is your time express your love for sabin lee he wore book ones right <laughs> yes he did
1: <laughs> yes he did look that at you know in the shoes. game yeah I didn't, that is I didn't <laughs> I didn't even see him. I missed a little bit part of the beginning of the game because of work. So I yeah. didn't even see him, dude. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you... I know what I saw. I saw the screenshot of him. I think it was uh, – so it says Jay threw it up out there. Threw yeah. It out there, and he had those shoes on. So I'm like, oh, Saban Lee played? Damn it. Missed it. Heartbroken. Sorry, Saban.
0: All right. Last question before the subreddit take out. <laughs> Do you think – that Josh joshikogi wears the headband so like when the sons are in transition uh. his teammates pass it to him because they think it's bradley beal
1: no do you know why he really <laughs> wears think, it c- c- though <laughs> you seen him without a headband? Yeah, yes. <laughs> like when you're at the game and you're sitting sideline and like all of a sudden he's like working out on the side and you see him without a headband like what the fuck is that I'm like oh it's Josh joshikogi <laughs> just totally different like me like with the hat and then without a hat look exactly the same
0: you're like isn't that the guy we picked you. up on our third two no one way, even knew who, who you I were without know. a
1: hat john like anytime you go anywhere like i didn't know that was you without that it's great they're
0: voida like once they hear me start talking they're oh i know that voice i'm like yeah it's me They're oh put the hat back on bro i'm like i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i just think it's funny because sometimes i'll be watching the sun's games and they'll pass it to a kogi and i'm like shoot it and i'm like oh shit that's a kogi i thought it was beale <laughs> You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, don't no, do yeah,
1: I can see that.
0: Don't do that to me. So, all right. A fun night on the subreddit stakeout. I was hanging out in Chicago tonight, the Windy City, asking for some Lou Malnati's pizza and some Goose yep. Island IPA. And, man, did they have a lot to say tonight because it was an interesting game. The Suns Jam Session, subreddit stakeout. Question. Do you know where the Christopher Nolan Batmans were filmed? Chicago. Chicago. That's right.
1: What was the one thing that gave it away? Wasn't it a pizza place? It didn't say like Chicago pizza or something? Maybe.
0: It was the river. The Chicago river runs right through and I've been there. there
1: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) I was like, I
0: know that. I know that river. All right. I have a ton of comments. So let's, let's tear into these jam stars. Jamsters ladies and jamsters <clears throat>
1: you have like the lips for it too dude like the way well, um... I, I try
0: to look like Christian Bale yeah you, do. you <laughs> do for those of you who are listening just
1: pretend that you. I know he swear. has like a hair lip or something I think doesn't he so I didn't want to say that hair oh, no,
0: where is she <laughs> everyone in the chat where is she all right so the first thing that I noticed it sucks that Katie is such a baby back bitch because his game is so fucking sweet. Baby back bitch. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> Mike, Mike in the chat. No, no, no. It's Rosati's. No, Lou Malnati's. No, 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 Rizzati's,
1: no. Rosati's. That's in the mall, I think, isn't it?
0: Well, Rosati's does have Chicago style pizza, but the I'll difference be they, okay. between Rosati's and Lou Malnati's is Rosati's is. Their tomato sauce is too acidic. So if you have acid reflux, you'll fucking hate yourself. Whereas Lou Malnati's, one, the crust is delicious. And two, yeah. it is more of a sweet tomato sauce. So you don't have acid indigestion. <laughs> as as gnarly old goat dude. It down. Gnarly gold old dude says in the chat. Rosati's is trash. I just love pizza. Rosati's is trash. Uh, Between a shitty owner. Annoying announcers, a cursed KD super team, and AstroTurf crowd noise. The Suns are a team that deserves a beating.
1: It's always the crowd noise thing?
0: Oh, yeah. They go off on the crowd noise, and I'm going to go sucks. off. Go oh, ahead. yeah. Oh, yeah. They talk about it, and I have, I'm have. i going to talk about it a lot because they made some funny comments about it. But I agree with them for 10%. Like, the crowd noise is ass in footprint center like it's the one thing i wish they would change is the crowd noise and the chicago bulls fans who were observing this game they noticed wow this is really the most annoyingly loud arena in the nba phoenicians are a weird breed are the suns playing fake defense chants yeah and it's low quality as fuck audio too <laughs> Like they kept asking the same question over and over. Is that fake crowd noise? This has to be the worst NBA stadium in the U S which is like, does that mean Toronto stadium? Is, it's an it's arena. It, yeah. It's not a that stadium. It's like having a BMW pump engine noise through the speakers. It's obnoxious. <laughs> uh, damn the sun's big 3 don't guard the perimeter at all they just letting the bulls do shooting drills all night which is what it felt like again after that first quarter phoenix suns down you know give down 37 uh, 22 at halftime they're down 66 to 49 at 17 points down at the half and the bulls fans were they, they were feeling good and you were starting to see it in the subreddit no woman could pleasure me like the bulls are
1: right now. <laughs> I love how you just go right into the voice. Like, I'm like listening, to you, like, uh-huh, uh uh, like, I'm, I'm trying to tell a story.
0: Uh, and then, of course, there's the, the Grayson Allen hate. For those of you who are familiar, Grayson Allen had a hard foul on Alex Caruso last season, and it cost Alex Caruso about 20 games, broke his wrist. So, of course, when Grayson Allen showed up, And for those of you who don't know, uh, Grayson Allen had nine points tonight. Uh, They went right in on him. Can someone just level Grayson Allen already or what? Grayson Allen's ugliness rubs off on his teammates. Grayson Allen looks like he bites people.
1: He does little bites. (laughs) Little
0: bites, like nibbles. It's fuck Grayson Allen forever till I die.
1: (laughs) Jeez.
0: You know, and then of course there's fuck you banks, and then somebody responded like, I don't think I want to. <laughs>
1: funny. Whatever, dude. You uh <laughs>
0: uh <laughs> and then obviously respect for Kevin Durant. Uh fuck Katie's gonna shit on us, huh? Uh, Aye, right, man, when Durant looks like this, just play defense and pray he miss lol because you're not really stopping anything. Holy fuck. He is just that guy. What a tough shot maker. Katie's head looks like somebody put a rubber band on a cantaloupe. I can see that. And then this is a random comment from the lab. (laughs) Sushi in Phoenix sounds dangerous. Like one of the worst stories I have about sushi is I had sushi and then I went golfing afterwards, and it's, and it was like 110. It was so gross. Like, never eat sushi golfing. You will suck at the sport you love, and uh you'll feel like shit too.
1: Yeah, eating sushi in the summer is the worst.
0: It's not a good idea. And then the last comment after Kevin Durant hits the shot that wins the game, puts the suns up one fifteen to one thirteen. I want to drink bleach right now. The sun's jam session subreddit stakeout. Uh, there you go, laters and jamsters. Uh, there's a long subreddit stakeout for you. it. Was engaging. Oh, it, was fun. it was fun to watch uh, all of the Bulls fans, and it was a roller coaster. I mean, at the front end, it was like you know, I'm I'm sitting there thinking to myself, "Well, this is a trap game, and let them uh-huh. enjoy their let, let let them enjoy their fun, let them enjoy their fun." Because uh, oh well and uh then to see them slowly lose their mind it was uh it was fun a uh, couple quotes post game devin booker on katie's game winner and playing next to such a talent he said it's like a video game just feels like i'm part of when i was a kid when you create a player and you're on the court playing against uh, all the legends of the game
1: god i mean how many times do you have to answer that and usually book always has good responses but like heard that one so many times but what else can you say i mean someone's gonna have to ask it and you have to say the same shit i guess answer it the same way
0: yeah fair but it is like <laughs> like imagine having Kevin durant next to you on the court you're like this is yeah a, i a guess it is game. that's
1: a good response never mind I'm i'll allow you.
0: it uh <laughs> kevin durant said uh there's a lot on the line but at the end of the day it's still hooping so in those moments i try to be as calm as i can execute the game plan really and that wasn't a game plan man double pumping hitting a jumper that was just absolutely fantastic so let's hand out some heart jam star of the game all right jamsters, here's your reminder subscribe rate and review give us a thumbs up if you're watching along live or later if you're on the youtube and uh let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is so i'll ask you this matthew is it a crime to give it to anyone else other than KD? Like, is this potentially one where you could sneak Eubanks in there because of the way he changed the tide? Or do you just give it all to KD and carry the hell on
1: with your day? No, um, you give it to... Oh, dude, that is... Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? Fuck. No, you got to give it to KD. And if you don't, throw him in jail. Epstein seen him. Get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, but then
0: he'll kill himself. Or will he? Uh <laughs> taking a look at what some of the jamsters the are saying. David Ray, my pick for jam star, Kevin, DeBran- Kevin Debrant, Kevin DeBrant. Kevin DeBrandt, Kev him De- Durant. Uh it's a no-brainer. Saul, jam star, eubanks with KD a close second. So flipping it right there. Wow. Uh, Todd gives it to Eubanks as well. Okay. Suns well, Fever is going to Eubanks. John Tran from Eubanks to U Eust- from Eustanks to U Star. I will give the jam star to Drew tonight. He's um, um, John Nelson, Eubanks still has the worst plus minus on the team right now. Yes, he does, but oh well. Uh Freddie, slim freaking reaper. Seth, hard not to give it to Durant, but doing Durant things. Eubanks changed the game on the spot from Kip. Uh, Eubanks brought the second half spark from CL Oracle. Jam stars, Katie for me, runner up Eubanks from Kiko um Jamstar from Aussie Suns fans to KD, Blaze Megatron, KD, uh Kevin Dubanks from Eddie Yee. Damn. um Mike so nice. Rosati's pizza and Billy Joel. Mike, you just get me, don't you? You you understand who I am as a person uh completely. Johnny Go gives it to KD obviously uh gnarly old you still giving it to emma stone after all these days ever since that emma stone uh you know point at her hat man we've been on a fucking show
1: you know what's fun is like you know you're gonna run into her the games right it's yeah. gonna happen right it is gonna happen yeah it's gonna happen sir hammo gives it to batman thank you Hamo. uh
0: i give it to kd as well i want to give it to eubanks there is one game that you and i both gave the the jam star of the game to eubanks that was against the okc thunder all in the game 12 of the season or something. Uh, that was it, his
1: last like good game. Yeah, it was. Yeah. His first 12 games. Great. After that suck. Yeah.
0: Tell me about it. But I think that Katie, I mean, 43 points game winner, just dagger 17 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, just daggers all over the court. So yeah. Up next for the Suns. So now it gets interesting. And I do want to pull up uh, a comment that Joey Lucio said a little bit earlier. Said, so Darth, you said it was going to be a tough road ahead before the games against the Lakers. Now we've gone six in a row. Yes. The Phoenix Suns are beating good teams right now. You look at this six-game win streak, right? Who has who Phoenix beat? They beat the Lakers. They beat Sacramento. They beat the Pelicans. They beat Indiana. They beat the Bulls tonight, which might be a team that's under five hundred but playing well. The only team in this six-game winning streak that's subpar is Portland. And that's great. I'm, like, I'm. was it a tough road ahead? Yes, and they're executing. That's what makes what's, what's going on so special. But the long and winding road burn, burn, gets a little bit harder. Starting on Wednesday, we play the Dallas Mavericks. First game of the longest road trip of the season. The Suns will not play at home again until February 6th against the Bucks. They've got to play Dallas. They've got to play the Pacers again on Friday, and it continues uh, up and down the East Coast. They're playing the Bulls again. Or nope, I'm sorry, the Magic, and then the Heat, then the Nets, and the Hawks for the first time this season, and then they end their seven-game road trip on Sunday, February 4th, against the Wizards. So quite the road trip that lies ahead. Obviously, Suns playing the Mavericks on Wednesday. We've, we've seen them. But once this year, and they took the Suns to the tool shed on Christmas. And when the Suns were in the tool shed, they didn't even give them a gift. It was a very unmarried game against the Mavericks. What are your thoughts on that upcoming game, Matthew?
1: Man, last time Luca was here, too much fun. He was just smiling the whole time. Yeah. Smack him in the face, dude. Smack, Smack him.
0: him. Smack him.
1: Yeah, Ooh. like... um, Tonight, I think they lost to the Celtics. But, did uh, they? I was Yeah, I was going to watch it, obviously. That means we jumped
0: them in the standings. We did. Yeah. Holy shit.
1: Yeah, so... We're uh,
0: the fifth seed in the in the Western Conference now.
1: That quick, huh?
0: Yeah. So we were <laughs> tied with them in the standings. We jumped them to fifth. They dropped down to eighth with that loss. They've lost two consecutive. We've won six. Oh, baby. Dude, we're right there. We're three games
1: behind. We are the- just talking about the play in, like, two pods ago. You're like, well... What, you know we- what I mean? Like, the play in, like... They can make the play in, or... You know, that'd be great. This team has a chance still, but obviously it's still it's midway through the season. But right now it's like teams like the Mavericks. You got to see how you compete against them and full strength. Let's we'll see how see how it goes, dude.
0: Well, I was talking about this with Suns Geek a little bit. Uh, you know, the, the Western Conference standings kind of hold on. Let me get rid of this little thing right here. For those of you listening, uh, just talk about yourselves. Kind of hard to see, but I'll get I'll zoom in as much as I can. Uh, Timberwolves, who had a six what 62 points from Carl Anthony Townsend, yeah, I think and had lost in
1: the first half or something
0: and, and lost. Uh, trade them,
1: <laughs> they are
0: 0.5 games ahead of both the Thunders and the Thunders, the Thunder and the Nuggets. I was just laughing because you're like, trade them, <laughs> trade now, value's high. All we say about them, um, and the top tier of the Western Conference remains the same it's the Timberwolves, Thunder, Nuggets, and Clippers, like, though that is the top tier. And you look at it and the Suns have moved into fifth place and we're still three games out behind the Clippers. So the long and winding road that lies ahead, we have to win games while simultaneously some of these teams are losing games. Uh, But then you look at kind of the next tier and it's the next five team or four teams. It's the Suns and the Pelicans who are tied in record, but the Suns have the edge on them for the seed because they've defeated them. The Kings and the Mavericks are game behind the Suns and the Pelicans. Uh, At 23 and 18 and 24 and 19, respectively. And then it's two and a half games between the Mavericks at the eighth seed into the Lakers and the Jazz, who are both 22 and 22, sitting exactly 500. So it is the the standings remain in kind of those three tiers. You have the upper echelon, you have the mid tier in the Western Conference, and then you have kind of the the teams at the back end who are vying for the last two spots in the playoffs. So, uh, but a big move today, man. That's why this was a big win, a huge comeback win for the Suns. Because you don't do you don't win this game. The Pelicans are in the fifth seed, the Suns are tied for you know six, seven, eight, and it, that it's a big game against Dallas on Wednesday. You, you lose that game, you're tied in the standings. You win that game, you distance yourself a little bit more. Do you think the Suns can win that game?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, they can win that. And it's kind of nice to see like the Clippers ahead because you know, the Clippers are just they found themselves, they know who they are. Um, I don't think there's any more trades necessary to get that team. Back as the championship caliber team, they'll take some time off. I mean, they're not gonna do the resting thing, but you know they'll take some games off. As the Suns are kind of heating up, they can maybe take advantage of that. Um, I know the Clippers probably just want like a top six seed. They don't really care, right? Yeah. They just like get us in the playoffs, we're fine. And then you have the Kings dropping out that need that trade. So you don't have to worry about them too much. But also it's like it's kind of cool to see the Thunder up there. And I don't know how much. You think about the Wolves and I don't know, just because it's the Wolves and they start out so hot. There always is like one team that starts out this hot after the all-star break.
0: Yeah, they start to shit. Start I'm not saying they're gonna
1: miss the playoffs, but I don't see them as a the number one seed. I see No, there's no way that they like miss the playoffs. I think
0: I think if you look at uh, uh oh, what's the name of that fucking website? Five fifty eight, five thirty eight, something like that. Like the the, the Timberwolves have a ninety nine percent chance of making the playoffs. They're gonna make it, it's just but they, I don't think
1: they're going to be I, one seed. I don't court. either.
0: I don't either. I think the Thunder can hold strong, but I don't know about them. So we'll see. The game against Dallas is is it's a big one. It's on Wednesday. Uh, Suns fans on Arizona time, it's a 6.30 start. It's random. It's not a, not a 7 or a 6. It's 6.30. <laughs> Love this. Uh, it's got to be some TNT bullshit. But we'll be coming to you live right after that, as per usual, right here on the Suns Jam Session Podcast. So appreciate you hanging out with us after this victory over the Chicago Bulls, six consecutive wins for the Phoenix Suns. Matthew, tell the jamsters what they can do. Go home over your family. One of these years, you're going to tell them to go fuck themselves. And I'll be like, go fuck yourself, San Diego. Like, Matthew, you can't do that. You got to <laughs> sit there and talk about your family.